0: Well, Luke 5, 12 through 15, I'm going to cut it a little shorter than I have written there, but we have already seen in the last couple of weeks and in these several chapters here in the early part of Luke uh, where Luke is showing us the power and authority of Jesus. We've already seen his power over creation. We've seen his power and authority in his teaching. Uh, we have seen his authority and power over uh, demonic forces in the world today we're going to see jesus's power to cleanse his power to cleanse and we see that in this account of jesus healing this leopard we pick up god's holy inspired and inerrant word at luke 5 uh, verse 12 while he was in one of the cities there came a man full of leprosy and when he saw jesus But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. May God bless the reading and hearing of his holy word to us this morning. Well, I went to the dermatologist this week to have a few spots checked out that were of concern to me, and the result uh, is before you. You see this ugly, dark spot on my head here. Uh, where they uh, took some liquid nitrogen and froze off this thing I had there, and you know it 's kind of kind of kind of gross. The good news is that the lab results were all uh, negative benign things, and uh, there 's no cancer that 's good because I have a a history of cancer in my family. but it is funny today that I am preaching on this account of Jesus healing leprosy, and here i 'm a living example of a skin condition right before your very eyes, uh, so you can kind of get a feel for it uh, visually as well as orally. Well, if I'd lived in biblical times, no doubt I would have to go to and show myself to the priest uh, to make sure that I was not to be pronounced unclean and ejected from the society of God's people, as lepers were in those days. So here we are in this uh, text where Jesus encounters a leper. Now, leprosy in the Bible included... Numerous skin diseases. The word translated leprosy uh, was not just the leprosy that we know today medically, uh, but, it, but it included all kinds of different skin disease. The words used both in the Old and New Testaments are very broad, generic terms for any number of, and this is kind of gross, but eruptive skin diseases and disorders. So, uh, uh, you know... Thankfully, we're not having our lunch after this sermon today. But if you uh, found yourself to have some suspicious spot on your body, there were extensive ceremonial regulations prescribed by Moses that concerned leprosy and these other skin diseases. And you can read all about those in Leviticus 13 and 14. The priest had to inspect anyone who had any of these suspicious-looking spots on their body, and there were guidelines, there are guidelines there in Leviticus for discerning whether someone had leprosy or not, whether what their, their skin disease was contagious or not. If a person was deemed by the priest to have leprosy or one of these contagious skin diseases, then that person was sent outside the camp, outside the city, You read in Leviticus 13, 45, it says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Now certainly one reason for making, uh, making these lepers live outside the camp was a concern for the health of the community at large. Uh, leprosy is a contagious disease. And an effective treatment for leprosy, the, the true leprosy, what, what is called today Hansen's disease, uh, that was not discovered until the 1940s actually. And there are still lepers in the world today. Uh, Most of it's been eradicated, but it's mostly in poorer countries like India. India leads the world in leprosy because they have no uh, recourse, no medical, uh, they don't have the medical uh, availability of the medicines that are used to treat uh, leprosy. So yes, there was this concern about infecting other people, but more so, the rejection was more about what they believed leprosy said about the person. They were not required to shout contagious, contagious when someone came near to the leper. They were required to shout unclean, unclean. The uncleanliness was thought to be physical, yes, but especially spiritual. If you look at the Mosaic Law, much time and effort were required by God's people in being and remaining ceremonially ceremonially clean. And, And there were all kinds of ways that you could move from being considered clean to being unclean. Most famously, you could eat something that was unclean. There were food laws. You could also touch a dead person or a dead animal and be unclean. You could touch a leper, and then you were unclean. Uh, You you could just go through normal bodily biological functions and be deemed unclean. And if you engaged in any sinful behavior, of course you were considered unclean. And of course there were many different procedures to go through in order to become clean again. The reason this is important is because God is a supremely holy being, and anyone who wishes to come into his presence must be holy as well. Now, skin diseases, particularly, were considered to make someone unclean before God. Now, you think about that. One day, you're going about your business and you notice a suspicious-looking spot on your body, on your skin. You don't know why it's there, it just popped up, just like this little spot on my head just popped up a few years ago. I didn't do anything. I hope I didn't do anything wrong to, to that, for that to happen to me, but it just pops up. And then that person would have to go to the priest and get it checked out, and all of a sudden you're deemed unclean and unholy, and you're said, you get out. You've got to go live outside the camp, outside the city, on your own wearing raggedy clothes with your hair down. And anytime anybody came near you, you had to shout, unclean, unclean. Now the root idea of the Hebrew words for these skin diseases is smiting, smiting. So when people, uh, people who had leprosy, they were seen by others as being smitten by God, Uh, they saw the the leprosy or the skin disease as a direct visitation from heaven, a judgment on the person from God. It's tantamount to a rejection of the person by God. If you are stricken with leprosy, then you must have done something to deserve it. It's kind of the same attitude that Job's friend had about him. You think Job's body broke out in boils and, and other maladies, of course, happened to him and other... Uh, tragic events occurred in his life. And Job's friends come to him and said, you must have done something wrong for God to allow this to happen to you. Well, that's the attitude that people had about lepers. They must have done something wrong, something sinful to be rejected by God as they were. Now, if another person touched a leper, as I mentioned before, then they would be considered unclean and they would have to undergo ritual washings to be considered clean again. And that's the reason these lepers had to cover their mouths and shout, unclean, unclean, anytime another person came near them. Can you imagine what a wretched life these lepers led? Living on their own or at best in a group, a leper colony, maybe on the outskirts of the city, living in poverty and degradation, rejected by normal society, apparently cursed by God, or at least considered to be cursed by God, stigmatized forever, potentially, without hope for the present, because there's no cure for these things, without hope for the future. They had nothing to look forward to in their lives and because of the consideration that they were cursed by God without hope for eternity, no hope whatsoever. They were considered by themselves, as well as others, doomed from now until eternity, unless their skin condition was healed. But once Jesus arrives on the scene, we see that he has a different take on cleanliness Versus uncleanliness. Instead of shunning people who were considered by God's community to be unclean, he befriended them. He reached out to them. He ate with tax collectors who were sinful extortionists. And he invited them to be his disciples, like Matthew. He had friends who had been prostitutes involved in sexual sins and others who had been demon-possessed. He interacted with lepers, as we see here, and he reached out and he touched them. All these activities would have put Jesus, the sinless one, in the unclean camp. But he doesn't hesitate to reach out to them, to love them, to accept them. And that's why the religious leaders of the day Often, so often criticized Jesus for his association with these people. He was hanging around and touching unclean people. How could this man be from God? Well, Jesus addressed these issues in numerous places in the Gospels. One of those places is in Matthew 15, where Jesus says, "'Hear and understand. "'It is not what goes into the mouth "'that defiles a person, "'but what comes out of the mouth. "'This defiles a person,' Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? You know, the Pharisees spent a lot of time looking at the clean laws, and they were very proud of all that they did in order to remain ceremonially clean. They were all about washing and cleansing and eating the right things. He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Well, explain the parable to us. And he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, Slander, these are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So you see, what Jesus was concerned with was the heart. He was concerned about the inside, not the outside, not what the skin looked like, not the past sins, not, not uh, what everybody else thought about another person. The Pharisees themselves were very moral, as I mentioned. But they were unclean on the inside. And Jesus pointed this out on numerous occasions. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean." You see, Jesus' emphasis is on the heart, not on the outward actions, because the heart controls the outward actions. The defiling outward actions are controlled by the heart. So the heart is what must be fixed. Someone can have a wicked heart but yet live a moral life. And that's what the Pharisees did. Romans 3 says this about all of mankind. Both Jews and Greeks are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. And sin is in the heart, and we're all sinners. What really defiles someone? What really makes someone unclean? It's the sin that's in the heart of every person. Now, what makes someone truly clean? Well, it's not morality. That's the temptation that so many people have when they recognize that they're not living right. They try to clean the outside of the cup. They try harder to be more moral, to work harder to do what's right and what's good without dealing with the source of all the problems the heart. John Calvin has a nice illustration of this he he says our hearts are like a... it's like that fountain out on the uh out on the road here by the beside the the lighthouse on highway ninety here on beach boulevard you know you've got a you got a a bunch of water in the basin or the bottom of the the uh, fountain and it sprays forth what's in the basin I notice one uh Maybe a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning I drove past it and someone had gone and, and put some uh, laundry detergent or some sort of dishwashing detergent in it. And so it was spraying bubbles everywhere. Which is kind of funny. We used to do that when I was in college. Or some other people used to do it. I didn't do it. But what's in that basin comes out. And it's the same. What come, what's in our hearts comes out in the actions. So just trying to cover the outside is is not jesus's idea of cleanliness that was the pharisee's mistake paul says in romans by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight that's not what makes you clean just cleaning up your act does not make you clean because you've got to deal with the heart issue so all of us are like this leper unclean uncleanness of heart is our your my greatest malady are you dealing with your heart or are you simply trying to do better be more moral now this leper had obviously heard something of this one called Jesus this hopeless one whose life seemed to be over he had heard of Jesus healing others and this A glimmer of hope came to this man as he heard about Jesus and what he had done for others. And perhaps Jesus could do that for him as well. And we see the faith of the leper. It tells us there in verse 12 while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. Now, Luke was a doctor. And that, apparently, that uh, Greek, the Greek of this full of leprosy is actually a medical term. It's a, it's a medical term showing the extent of his leprosy. So he didn't just have one spot. Here he was a man who, was, who had it all over. He was eaten up with leprosy, apparently. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. So we see his faith in action. He came to Jesus. He came to Jesus with humility and reverence. He he bowed down. He fell on his face before the Lord. And he came with his need, his, his malady, his curse. He came with his shame. He came as one who was considered by all to be rejected by God. And he's asking Jesus to cleanse him. He came to Jesus believing that the Lord had the ability to make him clean and and that that was the only way he was ever going to be clean. It was his only hope. And he only had really one question. Is Jesus willing? Jesus, you can make me clean if you will. Is Jesus willing? willing and then of course we see Jesus's compassion and his power come forth he reaches out and he touches the man and says I will be clean so yes Jesus was willing and able to cleanse this man immediately he was cleansed I I wonder what that would look like if you've ever seen a picture of someone who truly has leprosy and and has got it as bad as this man had the skin is the Greek word is actually scaly uh, that's what the, that's the, the Greek word says, describes what it looks like. The Hebrew word describes God smiting you. The Greek word describes scaliness. So all of a sudden his skin is clear. I mean, that would have been an amazing thing to see in person. But Jesus has compassion. He has power to cleanse. Just think of the change that this leper went through. I mean, he had zero hope for any life whatsoever on this earth or any future for the for eternity in heaven because lepers were unclean rejected by God and all of a sudden he's completely changed his life has been given back to him he has hope for the future he has hope for eternity think about ourselves You cannot put your hope in putting band-aids on your sins. We we try to do that, cover over our sins and hide them. It's the same as if someone put a band-aid on leprosy. It doesn't make it go away. It just kind of covers it so nobody can see it. What we need is for Jesus to completely... Cleanse us from the inside out. And it starts on the inside. How can you and I be cleansed? Truly cleansed before the Lord. Well, just like this leper, the same is true of us. We must come to Jesus humbly, reverently, and come with our true need. Not covering over our sin, not making excuses, but saying, here it is, Lord. Here I am. I I am a sinner I have failed miserably I am eaten up with it there's a festering wound in my heart that causes all kinds of problems in my life so come with your true need your malady, your curse, your shame just as this leper and come to Jesus believing that he has the ability to make you clean and he's the only way that you will possibly be clean there is no other way It's only in Jesus. And then finally, the leper was was wondering, was Jesus willing? Well, you and I can be 100% certain that Jesus is willing to save those who come to him in faith. He says it himself in multiple places. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus is able and willing to cleanse all who come to him humbly and reverently recognizing our sins and confessing those before him and putting our faith and trust in his power and his ability to cleanse because he cleanses not just with a word but also in action. You know, he he said to the man, be clean, I will, be clean. And he also reaches out and touches him and cleanses him. Well, he's done it all. He he promises us in the gospel that he is able and willing to cleanse and he also did something for us. He died for us. He laid down his life for us so that we could be Cleanse. hebrews 9 says if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh how much more will the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to god purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living god in other words something better has shown up the blood of bulls and goats would not cleanse that leper He could only be cleansed by Jesus. And the same is true of us. Something better came along. Someone better came along. This leper who had no hope until Jesus arrived on the scene found hope, found cleansing, found forgiveness, found renewal. And the same is true of us. Nothing but Jesus can cleanse us. Now here's a test. Have you experienced this yourself? This saving, cleansing grace? Well, one way that we can understand whether this has happened to us is understand how we treat other people whom we consider unclean. You think about the Pharisees and how they looked at the the sinners, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the lepers. They looked down on them. You you think of the Pharisee in the temple. Lord, thank you that I'm not like other people. I do all these good things and and I'm especially not like this tax collector over here. See, He he hadn't experienced that gracious, merciful cleansing from the Lord. And and for that reason, he was looking at his own works and comparing himself to others by his own self-righteousness. And he looked down on others. How do you you treat and look at people and consider people whom you think are unclean? Well, if we have experienced this grace of Jesus that that forgives our sins, that, that cleanses us from our unrighteousness, if we really understand that we're sinners just like everybody else, and the only difference is that Jesus has, has done something for us and saved us and forgiven us and cleansing, cleansed us. We would never look down on other people. We would have compassion on them like Jesus did and reach out to them and touch them and eat with them and share the good news of Jesus with them. Is that your attitude? That's one test. That's just one, just one test of how we can see, have we experienced this ourselves? If we've experienced God's grace in a deep way, we will extend God's grace to others. doesn't mean we approve of everybody's sin. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we're, we love people, and we point them to the one who can cleanse them like we've been cleansed. Well, we're going to rehearse this at the Lord's table and think more about what Jesus has done in his death for us so that we might be cleansed. Let's pray together and then we'll sing and prepare our hearts to come to the Lord's table. Father, we pray that you would cleanse all of us, cleanse me. Lord, we pray that we would be renewed, that you would help us to see our utter need of you. Without you, we have nothing. We are nothing. We are sinners We are spiritually lepers and deserve to be rejected. And without your grace, we would be. Lord, we pray that we would once again grasp the gospel, this good news of salvation in Christ. And Lord, may it so fill our hearts with joy that we would be eager to share it with others. And we pray now as we come to the Lord's table that you would Nourish us and strengthen us in our souls with Christ. In whose name we pray, amen.